Hi, I'm Cole Price with Price Ranch in Navasota, Texas, and you're listening to the latest news in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. Glad to be back with you for another edition of Texas Ag Today. You know the drill. Jump on in with me. Buckle up. Let's take a ride around the Lone Star State as we cover the most important industry in this greatest state in the nation, Texas agriculture. In the news today, we've seen quite a rally in calf prices this fall. You know, normally, as we see the big fall runs, we see prices drop. Well, we did see that earlier in the year. However, they've recovered quite nicely here as we wrap up 2021. We'll check in with Texas A&M livestock economist David Anderson to talk more about that coming up to kick off today's show. My name is Kerry Martin. I'm your host along with the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State. And we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grand Valley. If La Nina's why we've been so dry in the Texas High Plains, a return to more normal precipitation might not be happening anytime soon. I'm James Hunt, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. A wrap-up of the 2021 West Texas cotton crop. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. After several months of anticipation, the Biden administration finally released the renewable volume obligations for refiners. I'm Chad Smith, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. We'll have those stories, plus Texas wildlife news and a complete look at the markets all coming up. We usually see a dip in the feeder cattle and calf market as the big fall runs begin each year, and 2021 was no exception. But Texas A&M livestock economist David Anderson says the price drop didn't last for long. You know, we sure did see some pressure on our kind of fall run of, of cattle. If we look at some lightweight calves, say four to 500 pound steers, they did dip uh, at about the usual time, sort of October, but they have rallied tremendously. In fact, in the Southern Plains, we've had uh, four to 500 pound number one steers over $2 of a, p- a pound the last two weeks. Uh, and that's up from about a buck seventy just a couple of months ago. So really a pretty strong rally. And we've seen a rally on the heavier weight cattle also. We see that also, whether we're talking five to 600 pounds that are pushing a dollar eighty in the southern plains uh, or our seven to eight hundred pound feeder cattle which are about 165 and so if we compare to last year we were about 138 on those heavy steers a year ago and now we're about 165. Anderson says strong consumer demand and the rally in fed cattle prices here at the end of the year are big factors lifting all sectors of the cattle market. Corn planting will be here before we know it and Texas corn farmers will be facing supply shortages. 
It looks like 2020 will be another challenging year for U.S. farmers as they face higher input costs and supply chain issues. Kyle Marushka, a branch manager for Helena and Taylor and Mumford, says farmers in his area of central Texas will begin planting corn the first two weeks in February. He says fertilizer prices have more than doubled and we're looking at a glyphosate shortage that means many farmers will have to turn to other options. Most of the people in Williamson County are going to be able to get a crop in and keep it somewhere clean. It may not be as timely as we like. I've told my customers that they have calling me and in 30 minutes me delivering your chemical that's over for this year. We need to be planning three to four weeks out. Marushka said the issue now isn't just finding the materials that farmers will need. In some cases, it's a matter of finding the drivers to fulfill those orders. I ran into a deal the other day where they're ready to ship. The guys can't find drivers to ship it to us. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. The Wall Street Journal says farmers plan to plant more corn, soybeans, and wheat in the coming year than they did last year, but they also face more uncertainty. High fertilizer prices, forecasts for more weather challenges, and the threat of China slowing its demand for global commodities may put a damper on the anticipation. Analysts and investors say geopolitics may bring more volatility to prices next year, with the biggest potential disruptions to international trade being the U.S. and China trade tensions and the Russian troop buildup near the Ukrainian border. Dry conditions have dominated the Texas High Plains recently, and James Hunt says we can thank La Nina for that. A large number of us, yours truly definitely included, might not fully comprehend the science that explains how what's happening out in the ocean affects our weather here, but most of us do know enough to understand that being in a La Nina generally means that the Texas High Plains is likely to experience below normal precipitation. And we've certainly had that for the past several months, as we've been suffering through a gruesome dry spell. Recent weather forecasts have suggested we might actually see some moisture over the next few days, but even so, Mike Gittinger with the National Weather Service office in Amarillo says our current La Nina still has a ways to go. It looks like the La Nina is going to be hanging around certainly through the winter and into the early part of the spring. The forecast suggests as we get later in the spring and headed into the summer that we will kind of approach more into a neutral type condition. So we'll look forward to that, but it's definitely not exactly right around the corner of that happening based on kind of the forecast of that. It looks like that, again, probably late spring at the earliest is what we're looking at, most likely. So how likely is it that sometime soon we might get into one of those nice El Nino situations that can help us get some good rains? It is something that happens, you know, that you can swing from a La Nina into an El Nino or the other way around pretty quickly, but this is not suggesting that kind of thing. Right now, it looks like we're favoring a neutral coming out of this, and at least for a little while, and then we'll see as we go into, like, you know, next winter if something changes, but not seeing an El Nino following right now, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. And once again, that was Mike Gittinger with the National Weather Service office in Amarillo. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. It was a good year for most Texas Southern Plains cotton farmers. Tom Nicoletti takes a look back at the 2021 crop. 
We go to the South Plains of Texas where Eddie Griffiths is standing by. And Eddie, uh, 2021 was uh, quite a year uh, for agriculture across Texas, especially uh, up there in the South Plains, uh, West Texas. And cotton farmers uh, had a lot to uh, deal with uh, throughout the year and uh, culminating with their harvest. How did the harvest of the cotton take place uh, at the end of the year? Well, the cotton harvest at the end of the year, Tom, as we talked about in a previous report, of course, it was a really good year for the cotton crop across West Texas. There's still a lot of gins that are still running and trying to get cotton through the gin and, and through the classing office. Probably been the main issue during the harvest is trying to get that cotton gin just because of the amount of cotton and then trying to get it classed. been a problem classing just because trying to find enough help to go in there and, and get this done. But that, that's across the whole industry, finding help and, and being able to uh, get things done in a timely manner. You just got to make do with what you have and hope for the best. But for the 2021 crop year, overall, a good year for producers. Going into 2022, it's almost reminiscent of 2021. The fact that we're lacking moisture and there's some preparations being made out there, but for the most part, I think guys are just waiting to see if we are going to get some rain to where they can get some winter tillage done and, and get started on this 2022 crop. Eddie, thanks a lot for your report. Thank you, Tom, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, and that is Eddie Griffiths reporting for us today from West Texas. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. After several months of anticipation, the Biden administration finally released the renewable fuel volume obligations for refiners. Chad Smith has more on the Environmental Protection Agency's proposals. The Environmental Protection Agency said biofuel blending volumes for 2022, 2021, and 2020. The agency is also introducing regulatory changes to the renewable fuel standard that will enhance the program's objectives. Andrew Walmsley, Senior Director of Congressional Relations with the American Farm Bureau Federation, says the administration made several important announcements. The biggest of which being the renewable volume obligations that are required under the renewable fuel standard. They retroactively rescinded some of that demand in 2020 and 2021, which is a little disappointing, but we also recognize the pandemic in overall fuel use. The big announcement, though, is for 2022, where there is definitely a demand forward look from the announcement and a full utilization of our homegrown biofuels such as ethanol. The announcement also declined 65 pending small refinery exemptions that are at consideration at EPA which has been undermining the RFS. This is a positive announcement for biofuels. At the same time, the USDA also announced about $800 million in infrastructure funding and pandemic assistance for the biofuels industry. Walmsley says today's announcement is a mixed bag for agriculture. Obviously, the 2020 and 2021 RVO announcements are a little disappointing, but the biggest piece is that it appears the administration is recognizing the value of biofuels with the 2022 renewable volume obligations, and hopefully this is a major step forward in the administration recognizing the value that biofuels play, not only in our rural economy, but also when it comes to the environment. He says biofuels play an important part in the success of rural America, but its benefits don't stop there. It's obviously an important demand driver, but also creates rural jobs, helps reduce costs, and the biggest piece, especially for this administration, is the fact that it reduces greenhouse gases significantly. 
significantly, roughly 71 million metric tons per year, the equivalent of taking about 18 million cars off the road every year. He says more information on the assistance and when it will be available is coming soon. From Washington, I'm Chad Smith for Texas Ag Today. Time is running out for Texas dove hunters to try to win a prize in this year's Banded Bird Challenge. I'm Jessica Domel, and I'll have that story coming up on Texas Ag Today. And reducing methane emissions from livestock was one of the hot topics at the United Nations Climate Change Conference. Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd has more on that coming up next, right here on Texas Ag Today. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. Reducing methane emissions from livestock was one of the hot topics at the recent United Nations Climate Change Conference. Dr. Bob Judd says there's research going on using seaweed that might help to accomplish that goal. Drovers.com indicates the United States and Europe have pledged to reduce agricultural methane outputs from ruminant livestock by upwards of 30% in the next 10 years. To accomplish this goal, scientists at the Institute for Global Food Security at Queen's University, Belfast, are feeding seaweed to farm animals. Seaweed has been hailed as a superfood for humans, but adding it to ruminant feed to reduce methane gas released into the atmosphere is a relatively new idea. Early research has shown some positive results using native Irish and English or UK seaweeds, and previous research in Australia and the USA have generated 80% reductions in methane emissions from cattle given supplements from a red seaweed variety. These red seaweeds grow abundantly in warmer climates, but also contain high levels of bromoform, which can damage the ozone layer, whereas seaweed from the UK and Ireland are brown and green and do not contain bromoforms. The UK and Irish seaweeds also are rich in fluorotannins, which are also found in red wine and berries and have also been shown to be antibacterial and may improve immunity in animals. The Institute of Food Security are currently doing trials with UK farms and using seaweed from the Irish and North Seas as a feed supplement for cattle. The three-year study is involving the UK supermarket chain Morrison's and their network of British beef farmers. The second project is adding seaweed to grass-based silage in dairy cows. And there is hope that the seaweed will provide nutritional value for the cattle as well, and seaweed farming is a possibility. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Time is running out for Texas dove hunters to win a prize in this year's Banded Bird Challenge. Jessica Domel has the details in today's Wildlife Report. 
Time is running out for Texas dove hunters to bag an invasive dove for a chance at winning a prize through this year's Banded Bird Challenge hosted by the Texas Dove Hunters Association. The challenge is a research project for the association designed to gather information on the invasive Eurasian collared dove and their impact on mourning and white-winged doves. Bobby Thornton, co-founder of the Dove Hunters Association, said all hunters have to do is register for the challenge and then report any orange band that they find on a dove that they've bagged to the association. It's very, very important information to us to gather. Whether it's us collecting data on the Eurasian collar dove or it's the federal government's program with morning dove and, and white wing, that data tells them a lot of information. They know how old the bird is, these birds are aged and sexed, gives us data on how far they're traveling, the habitat around them. That's very important to us. We study the habitat where they're released and where they're trapped and where they're found. We compare all that and over time, three, five years, we're looking at five years, but over three to five years, you start to see patterns form. So it's extremely important that you report a band. You do get to keep the band. You haven't shot somebody's pet. It is a research program and very important that they report them. If hunters harvest a dove with a silver band on it that is not the Dove Hunters Association's band, hunters are encouraged to report those bands to the number or website on the band. This year's Banded Bird Challenge ends at midnight on Friday. You can see this year's rules and prizes at bandedbirdchallenge.com. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We've seen a nice run-up in the cattle market so far this week, so how did things wrap up on Thursday? Jessica will be back with a complete look at the markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. It's been a tough year. As a farmer or rancher, you know life in agriculture is often stressful. Things like the economy finances, weather, and even a pandemic increase our stress levels and can leave us feeling defeated. With a demanding workload, it seems that there isn't room for the soft stuff, like talking about feelings. Yet, talking about the hard times can be one of the best ways to manage this stress. Although we can't always control or choose our circumstances, we can control and choose how we respond to them. Sometimes that response looks like asking for help. Some would say the best quality of a farmer or rancher is their independent spirit, But what is agriculture without its community? A force of helpers, neighbors, extension, Farm Bureau members, friends, counselors, and pastors. We are stronger together. Find someone you can talk to. Find the help you need. The Southwest Ag Center is working with the Texas Department of Agriculture to identify stress assistance and resources. Visit swagcenter.org slash stress to learn more. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. The live cattle markets were dampened a bit on Thursday by this week's cattle export report. December live cattle closed 35 cents lower Thursday to 139.05. February live cattle down 75 cents to 139.97. April live cattle down 45 cents to 144.87. Lower corn prices helped move feeder cattle prices higher Thursday. January feeder cattle were up 45 cents to 166.32. March feeder cattle up 95 cents to 169. 
April feeder cattle up 80 cents to 171.85. Boxed beef was mixed, choice down 65 cents to 265.06, select up 80 cents to 257.89. Now let's check those livestock auctions. We're joined by Larry Marble and Brian Lunsman from Seguin Cattle Company. We're fixing to get busy because we'll have sales after the new year. What do you anticipate the first sheep and goat sale and cattle sale to be like? Yeah, we crank back up on January the 5th. That'll be the first sale for the year. And they're anticipating we might get our first freeze next week. And I think that's finally going to bring these cattle to town. It's hard to believe here we are a couple of days before the new year and, and the coastal still running. I passed up a set of calves today on the back road. They were weighing six to seven. And I said, I bet you they end up here in the next week or so. A lot of people, they sit back the first week and they yep. watch what the market does. And then every Everybody dumps them the second and third week. Might not be a bad idea to just go ahead and load them up and get them there the first week. Well, tell them how to get them to Seguin Cattle Company on the Wednesday sale. Well, you can give us a call at 830-379-9955, or you can call me on the cell phone at 830-305-0652. I want to wish all the farmers and ranchers out there in Texas a happy new year, and may 2022 be better than 2021. And neighbor, that's my wish for you. Happy new year. Good day to you from Walking the Pins, Larry Marble and family, and the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. All right, thank you, Larry. After rallying aggressively on Wednesday, lean hogs closed lower Thursday. February lean hogs down a dollar twelve to eighty-two seventy. April lean hogs down sixty-two cents to eighty-seven eighty-two. Block cheese was up eight cents to a dollar ninety-eight Thursday. Barrel cheese up two cents to a dollar seventy-one. That led Class Three milk futures to settle a penny to thirty-five cents higher. December Class Three milk up a penny to eighteen forty-three a hundredweight. January Class Three milk up seventeen cents to twenty eighteen a hundredweight. Despite lower export sales data, cotton closed higher Thursday. March cotton up 135 points to 114.34. May cotton up 107 points to 111.44. A combination of factors, including a forecast for rain in Brazil, pressure from lower ethanol prices, and that nearing end of the year pushed corn prices lower Thursday. March corn down 9.5 to 5.96. May corn down 10 to 5.96 and three quarters. March hard red wheat down 11 and 3 quarters to 812 and 3 quarters. May hard red wheat down 11 and 3 quarters to 813 and a half. January soybeans down 28 and 3 quarters to 1327 and 3 quarters. February natural gas down 29 cents to 355. March natural gas down 27 cents to 342. Crude oil closed higher for the seventh straight session in a row Thursday. February crude oil up five cents to seventy six sixty one. March crude oil up six cents to seventy six twenty four. Now let's take a look at those financial markets and see how they fared for us on Thursday. The Dow up eighteen points to thirty six thousand five hundred and seven. The S and P five hundred up three to four thousand seven hundred and ninety six. The NASDAQ was up 48 points to 15,814. Well, that wraps up this look at the markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Thank you for joining us. I'm Jessica Domel, and I hope to see you next time. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org.
or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.